Ideas adrift with Jeff Milo and Chad Sager, kind of a kind of a hot mics version of the episode where we don't have a guest, we kind of just have Chad putting on his headphones here, just so I can you know monitor how how it sounds. Yeah, Chad's the audio engineer and producer of this show, so he's got his eye over there on the computer. Yeah, he hasn't been in town for five weeks, and that's exactly what we're going to talk about. Yeah, I just said we had high strung rehearsal at ten a.m. Mm-hmm. and then right into a Milo show interview. That's right. And now, so this is interview number two. Yeah. It's the third thing on my schedule. Busy day today. How are you feeling? Busy day. I, this is the kind of day I like to have. Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. This is the kind of day I like to have. And then I still will probably go home and like do something domestic. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. I got to go do some domestic things too when we're done with this, yeah. this chat. So, uh, you know, we... When we were producing a YouTube show, we had a guest on. Her name was Steph Chura. You met um, at your at your abode, and uh, you guys stayed in touch. And then she invited you out onto the road. What's the story? Yeah, I mean, it, it originally it was like we hardly even stayed in touch. I hardly even talked to her that day uh-huh. when we recorded at my house. We recorded her band playing. Um, then a few months later, she moved into a house like room for rent type of thing, mm-hmm. f- three doors down from me. Still didn't really ever talk to her or Ryan, uh, you know, really, but I would see them occasionally. And mm-hmm. I knew she was, you know, starting to, you know, she was playing. She was a musician in town, you know. Right. And, uh, um, and then in February, she put out a post saying, I have, you know, I'm putting out a new record in June. Mm-hmm. I'm going on tour headlining. In July, I'm looking to make my band a little bigger. I need a guitar player and a bass player. Mm-hmm. And I like didn't even think about it, really. Uh, I just wrote, interested, and then forgot all about it, because that's how I am. I do say things and then forget about them, <laughs> you know? Until you absent-minded. record them on a podcast. Yeah, until I'm just like absent-minded. I got a zillion things going on every day, mm-hmm. and I just forget that I do things, or mm-hmm. forget to do things, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Um and then about five, six days later, she wrote me an email and said, yeah, yeah, I am interested in that. And, you know, why don't you listen to the songs and see if you're interested, you know? Mm-hmm. So I hadn't really confirmed that I wanted to do it. And, you know, I just started listening to the songs and learning them and pretty much just sort of, you know, much to my, <laughs> my girlfriend's uh, chagrin, I decided to take the, uh, take the gig. Yeah. You know, um, and so then let's fast forward to July and we went on tour, you mm-hmm. know. Um, now, listeners should know that <clears throat> Chad has on multiple occasions remarked to me that he misses or missed the road. Uh, the High Strung, if listeners don't know, famously were on the road relentlessly from, what was it, 02 to 06? Something like that. I yeah. mean, even I think until '08, personally. Uh, right. Uh, yeah. It get the the everybody says something different. Chad lived on the road. He was doing it. He was playing sets and bars in Iowa on Christmas Day. He was just living it. 
Yeah. We did a lot of traveling. We like lived on the road. Um, you know, and there was a big, it's so, so, uh, you know, and then we haven't really toured in about 10 years. Mm-hmm. So I haven't been on a tour in about 10 years. Right. And, um, I thought I was just going to like get right in there yeah. and, and like, you know, be brilliant at it. Mm-hmm. And I was not, no? <laughs> I, 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 I couldn't, you know, my first, the first night on the road, we were driving in a Honda Odyssey, which is a minivan, mm-hmm. and we had just shit stacked in the back up to the very top. Right. And so when we were driving from the venue to the place we were staying, we hadn't realized that we left, you know, it the back wasn't quite closed. What? And we didn't realize that until we had gotten to the place where we were, and the only thing that fell out of the, the vehicle was my luggage. Boom! So I was, you know, I had one pair of underwear, one pair of socks, a pair of shorts and a pair of one shirt. Like I had nothing. And that lasted for about a week and a half until I could get to a Target and just buy some T-shirts and some underwear and some socks. Oh, my God. And I lost a pair of shoes. I lost my favorite flannel shirt. I lost one of my favorite hats. I lost a hoodie. I lost four pairs of smart wool socks. You know, like I lost a bunch of money and a lot of things that like were dear to me. Wow. You know, right off the bat. Wow. That's first 10 days. That's the first day. (laughs) <laughs> yeah that was the first day oh my god and then you know probably due to just like lack of sleep yeah. and you know um yeah, immune system low i smoked yeah. more cigarettes than i usually do i yeah. drank more than i usually do yeah i was dirtier than i usually am mm-hmm. we're sleeping in shitty places some mm-hmm. you know starting off in that east coast area we were you know, there wasn't a lot of like comfort living. It was like staying in somebody's couch and there was no air conditioning and it's Philadelphia in July and it's just, you know, whatever, whatever it is. Uh, uh, It was tough, you know? And I got a sty on my eye after Philadelphia, I believe it was. And that lasted all the way until New Orleans where we stayed with Steph's brother, older Mm -hmm. brother, and he owns a few restaurants in New Orleans, so he knows like every urgent care. And he's like, "All right, you got to go here." You wow, know, super cool dude. Wow, you know. Uh, so I went to urgent care after like living with the sty for like five five days, maybe. It was like puffy. It was crazy, you know. So I would say, and then in New York, uh, I found a Levi store, so I bought a pair of pants, you know. So little by little. Right around week three, three and a half is where I was like, okay, now I'm here. Uh. You know? <laughs> it was like half all over, halfway over. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it goes without saying that touring general is not a vacation. No. Yeah, it wasn't a vacation. I mean, it was a vacation from other things, you know, sure. like feeding my dog sure. or taking care of the kids or whatever. But, right. But, you know, it's such a difference from 10 years ago, 15 years ago, yeah, 20 years ago, when you may have had a more Kerouacian idea of being out on the road and uh, sort of a romantic picture of sleeping in vans and that well, shit sounds yes. different to someone who's 22. Right. In more ways than one, too, because like, Kerouac was, you know, like, I feel, I'm interested what people think of Kerouac now, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. in today's day and age, the woke, Mm -hmm. you know, culture, Mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, 
It was misogynistic. Very. You know, it was, it was, it was, you know, it was, you know, it was dirtier. It was yeah. like, it was, it was, you know, uh, a little bit more, you know. Self-righteous too. Definitely. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You know, and that's where we were years ago. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, and I was traveling with much younger people. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they were sort of like teaching, you know, little by little, you yeah. know, teaching me here and there, like, you know, you, you know. Well, the world seems smaller. Your perspective just is smaller. You know, it's a narrower perspective when you're that young. Yeah. Um, but it didn't, doesn't, I don't know. See, now it feels more narrow. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Now it feels more narrow. Like I was, I'm not haywire yeah. anymore. I'm like okay. more in control of who I am mm-hmm. and my goals and my needs. And I just could like stick to that. You know, yeah. Steph said to me once, she was like, you never got out of control one night ever. Yeah. You know, like, yeah, maybe there was one night where you were like super drunk, but you just passed out. You mm-hmm. said something funny and passed out. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, like I never got <laughs> controlled. Right. Yeah. Like I never got like to the point where like, who the fuck did we invite on right. tour? You right. know, like, right. I never... right. You didn't trash the hotel room. Right. Right. I did have a conversation with a customer service person, uh, from DET energy where I was angry and I was swearing, but I never called anybody any names and <laughs> you know, but they heard me. <laughs> And they were like, whoa, man. <laughs> whoa. Whoa. Uh, yeah, but I got that fixed up. Well, I mean, I don't want to make you self-conscious, but you're also the oldest one on this tour, too. De- definitely. Was, I mean, you, know, you don't, I mean, every, almost every other hour I was thinking that, mm-hmm, you know, I'm like, mm-hmm. I don't know who they're talking about. Yeah. I don't know. I don't even know what they're saying right now. Right. <laughs> you know, like, uh, there would be like, like abbreviations or, mm-hmm. or just like, some you know YouTube channel oh, yeah. or magazine you gotta or be with band it. You gotta or be with it. the kids say totes instead of totally right or it's, something like that you right know? like even on our group chat she'd be like we have to leave R N and it took me like a week to figure out oh that means right now okay yeah yeah I think I don't know some of them I'd be like what I would have to ask like I just couldn't understand Chad I'm not what does that mean I'm not making fun of you at all but <laughs> it's great I'm no. not making fun of you I, always, I, would I always, relish in that shit I would I always love tell being the old I'd always tell Chad that I was seeing footage via the Instagram stories that would disappear in 24 hours but I was keeping track Chad's like how are you seeing this yeah I was like can I see that <laughs> is it is it on YouTube <laughs> But yeah, so there was that, and it was just like I don't know. So you got you got you adjusted, you know. So yeah, I had to learn a lot of stuff, you know. And then I was also still like having to figure out my life at home, Uh you know, through phone calls and Mm -hmm. FaceTiming and Mm -hmm. figuring shit out, you know. So it wasn't like it was definitely a different vibe from how we used to tour because. We used to tour, and that was life. Mm-hmm. And then being at home was like the odd time out. Right. And this was just five weeks out, and this was like the weird thing right. we were doing. So it felt, you know, it always felt kind of trippy. And um, <clears throat> so, uh, so for the high strung, um, the, the notion of touring became difficult because members were having kids. Some members were authors. Things were just trickier to align. Yeah. But now that you have gone out onto the road 
you know, if there is at all the possibility that there's folks out there your age or you're younger or you're older who are intimidated by the road, like they might think they can't handle it anymore. Well, I, I think you, that it would be. Do you have any advice? I mean, right. Survival tips now for, for all the, of us. I think we would be. We would probably look at it more like we should do this for us, but we know we're not going to like make money off of this thing. Yeah, that's a whole But other. if we want to do it, let's just, you know, like, because none of us are in the position to book it ourselves. So right. we would have to pay somebody to book it, mm-hmm. you know, and they would get 15% of every take for every show we mm-hmm. book, you know. We would have to make a bunch of shirts and we'd have to have a lot of product to sell because that's where you make a lot of money. Yeah. You know, on the tour. You know, um, we'd have to be way more organized with the merch than we ever were. Because <laughs> I saw Steph do this. She's, you know, she is no slouch, man. Right. She is like, she always has her eye on the prize no matter what. You yeah. Know, and still does it with a smile and we mm-hmm. have laughs and we have mm-hmm. jokes and mm-hmm. like everybody, on, everybody in the Steph band right now is like, couldn't be funnier. Yeah. You know? like, yeah. We have a good rapport. Sure. I really love it. Each and every one of those guys, you know. And so, but but it always made me think, how will we do this with the high strong? We'd have to hire people to do a lot of things. Yeah. So we would be spending a lot more money than the high strong was ever used to doing uh. being on the road. Like, we mm. don't even have a vehicle we could travel in, mm-hmm. you know. So we'd have to pull a trailer. We'd have to rent a van, maybe. I don't know what we would do, you know. There's a lot of things that wouldn't... You know, like Palmer probably couldn't even leave for weekdays. You right. know, like maybe he could fly out to some of the bigger markets right. kind of thing. Lead guitarist, Stephen Palmer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think everybody else still might be, you know, they would still probably do it, I think, if it was yeah. all put together. Like right. if I said to Josh, look, the booking agent that we hired booked us from this date to this date so you can't do anything else mm-hmm. unless it coincides with this tour i think you would say all right right and he would just do it right. you know right and i think same would go for like mark and derek and me right and we would just do what we have set aside to do right yeah no but yeah think about the just the human experience we're talking about comfort zones that you're in we're talking about you know being able to be organized or have someone organize something for you. Um, I just can't help but think of the the archetype of Black Flag, a bunch of 20-year-olds getting in a van and just going. I mean, that's what we, we had done, too. Yeah. You know, we I just think we've been there and we've done that. And now things are different. I mean, it's yeah. just like you can't deny the fact that, like, when a group of guys in their 40s, at some point you're just like, unless it's done this way, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. where we're staying in this kind of thing and we're traveling in this kind of vehicle, yeah. I don't want to do it. Right, right. <laughs> I just don't care. Right. You know? Right. Like, we're going on tour could be an eye-opening experience for the mm-hmm. High Strong. We haven't been on tour since Shameless. Mm-hmm. Like literally, yeah. Shameless happened, and we basically stopped. Yeah, you know, we just did. We just didn't go on tour anymore. So that would have been 08 or 09. Around 09, I, I think, think so, right? I think our last big tour would have been the Boston Spaceships tour. Yeah, you guys went out to California, I think too. 
didn't you? To like hang out with the shameless folk? We did like a little thing gotcha. and you know, it wasn't great. <laughs> I mean, you know. Right. The music supervisor on that show is incredible and she yeah. is hooking up tons of not just like indie bands, but like unknown bands. An important way or a vital way to get exposure now these yeah. days. And she's like top notch. It's like that's how a lot of people find new bands now. They hear a yeah. song on whatever it is, whether it's Shameless or if it's Orange the New Black. Dude, and I like, do that. I have my Shazam out and ready to go when I'm watching something on Netflix. Yeah. Because I'm like, what is this? It's right. amazing. What right. is this song? Mm-hmm. I do that all the time. Discovery. Yeah. But yeah, any other um, profound thoughts or reflections having getting back from your, your odyssey? I mean, I would love, I think the High like Strong deserves shows. to go on tour again. Because yeah. every day I would, be, I would feel like I'd love, you know, to be yeah. experiencing this with them. Yeah. You know, um, it was incredible to be on the road with new people. Mm-hmm. You know, we went on tour with it. Not to mention that I had just met the three people in Steph's band in February, March, or whatever it right. was, and we went on tour for five and a half weeks, you know. And, uh, but we toured with another band, French Vanilla. Oh, yeah, that's right, from, French from, Vanilla. From Los Angeles, uh-huh. you know. So that was like instantly another four strangers that I just saw every night. Out of your comfort zone? Were you okay? You adapted? Out of my comfort zone, sure. But they were, um, I mean, those, those, those people in that band are were just so nice and sweet and yeah. hilarious. And, you know, like we still have a group chat, uh, you know, like nice. with them and, you know, whatever. So, yeah, it was great. It K- was really fun. KEXP. Super fun. We did KEXP. Wow. Uh, the High Strong had did KEXP in 2002. Mm-hmm. And it was a much different situation. Um. I had a lot of moments like that on the road where I would talk to people and be like, oh, yeah. And I would say, oh, yeah, I did that in, in you know, 2004. Oh, yeah. I played rubber gloves in Denton. And somebody would be like, oh, yeah, you're old school. All right. <laughs> right off the bat, they would know that I had been somewhere, you know what I mean? Like, where like, oh, yeah, we used to play the mermaid when we came to New Orleans. They'd be like, no shit, you mm-hmm. played a mermaid? So mm-hmm. you were here. This That was 20 years ago, you know. Right. That kind of thing. I had a lot of moments like that. And of course, everybody in Steph's band would be like, all right, here it comes. You know, <laughs> here's the, he, I like, we like, we like Chad when he's, you know, this story when he tells, you know, <laughs> he's like, oh yeah, you did that. <laughs> you know, back then, you know. <laughs> oh man. But Steph has like, she's got a lot of hype, you yeah. know, there's yeah. a lot of stuff behind her. She's got a really good record label. I met the people in the label, you mm-hmm. know, um, so I also learned some things from being on tour with her, you know, like she counted her merchandise every day. Oh, wow. The High Strong never did that. You know, <laughs> we never knew if we were making money or losing it. You know, we didn't care about that. Right. We never knew and we right. didn't care. Right. You know, like Steph's got, she's not like a business mind. She just does enough to make it so that she doesn't have to worry. Organized. Know? Yeah, she's organized. She's organized. You know? Good. Which you Good guys shit. you guys weren't. We just weren't. <laughs> yeah. We were like living. <laughs> right. You know, like for Steph and us, we were like doing the tour. Right. And it was like the job, you know. Mm-hmm. The high strung were like living on the road, mm-hmm. you know, like every night felt like we were fighting for our lives, mm-hmm. you know. Honestly felt that way. Yeah. Where in this situation, 
I felt like I was just doing the job. You mm-hmm. know, I was hired to be the bass player. Yeah. I helped out with merch. Yeah. I helped load in and out. You know, I helped with the driving. Mm-hmm. Occasionally, I found a place to stay. Yeah. You know, like I was pulling my own. Sure. And, you know, having some laughs, mm-hmm. you know, and it was it was good. And But that was the job. Yeah. And I got paid to do it, you mm-hmm. know. With the high strung, it was a little different. It was like life and death. Mm-hmm. It was like, you know, that's what it was. But I think in general, what you often said you missed was just the idea of traveling. So set aside music. Okay, right. No, traveling. That's awesome to, that Cities. you say that because my favorite, you know, one of my favorite parts of the whole thing was just yeah. going to all the places and seeing, you know, running into old friends. I had to like run down my list. I missed mm-hmm. some people on the West Coast because we got like fucked up by the time change and shit but i like you know didn't call a few people in san francisco and portland you know well, that's where you but, left uh, your heart yeah mm-hmm. yeah but um it was great to see people i haven't seen in their town you know like i went out to austin i saw yeah. people i haven't seen in a few years i went out to oakland i saw people in portland and yeah just driving i seeing loved it oh yeah man scenery change yeah, you know, I mean, it's been a minute since I've seen the desert, and, uh, you know, yeah. I popped on my Americana mix, you know, my, pl- oh, I'm sorry, it's not a mix anymore, it's a playlist. It's a playlist. My playlist was fucking spot on. Yeah. The shit. It felt yeah, but- fucking great. It was like total driving music, Sunvolt, you know. Uh-huh. Uh, Some bread. I didn't have any bread on there, but that's something I should put on. But like, I I had like some just some like early Americana, you know, that I was digging mm-hmm. lately. Dig it, uh, and it really worked. Worked for me. I just pictured you out there listening to uh, whatever that song about a horse with no name is. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but Which everybody thinks is a Neil Young song. I know. Doesn't it sound like Neil Young? A little bit. Yeah, a little bit. It just sounds like a lyric you would write. Well. In me, I just assumed that horse with no name was like a metaphor for smack. Ah, that's what I always thought it was. I was oh, yeah. like, I don't know. Sure, <laughs> feels good to be out in the, you know, mm-hmm. or whatever. I don't know. Just you know, there's like a shortness of breath you get when you're on an opioid. It right. feels very like suffocating, yeah. but you kind of like it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I always thought that that song was about smack. Mm-hmm. Maybe it is. I don't know. Probably is. Um, and then also just cool to see you're out doing what? Sets. That's not bread. That's America. That band is called America. See how we think it's bread. It's bread. Other people America, got Neil Young. It's, it's, it's a tough. It, that whole people can think there. that that's yeah. a Neil Young song. <laughs> and then meanwhile, I think bread and America bread. are the same band. <laughs> right. You know. Uh, so, uh, but also cool <clears throat> just to see folks out in a venue. Dude, we, showing up for a show and it's interesting live too. music it was, it was great it yeah. was so cool uh we played the uh pizza place the, a ping pong pizza in washington dc where the pizza gate mm-hmm. was supposedly happened mm-hmm. right um monday night washington dc sold that show out ian mckay was in the audience what i didn't even know that until ryan told me afterwards he's like i just i didn't want to make anybody nervous i was like you fucker wow <laughs> I would have been nervous. I wouldn't have been nervous. I would have liked to have, you know, said hi or mm-hmm. like shook his hand or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I don't think that's the first time ever I've seen him, though. Okay. Because he, he's a partial owner of the Black Cat. Oh, okay. Which is another venue in 
DC, which the High Strung played at, you know, over and over again. Mm-hmm. Um, I would have liked to have played a few other places. We didn't play Athens, Georgia, Oxford, mm-hmm. Mississippi. Um, where else would I like to have done? Um, I mean, we didn't play Nashville. We didn't play anywhere in Ohio. Because I think Steph had hit that earlier in the year. Mm-hmm. So um, I didn't get to do those shows. Like Memphis would have been cool right. to play. Uh, but it, yeah. from what you're telling me, it really drives home the point for me and for anyone in any city, anywhere. This is for any human being. When a band comes to your town, you should go see them because they're probably having a bit of a hellish odyssey and they could <laughs> probably use a yeah. little gas money for God's sake. Yeah, it's helpful. Yeah, you know? yeah, totally. You know, whoever, whether it is Steph with Buzz or whoever, because um, folks will show up for Steph and hopefully they'll show up for everybody, but touring is work is what I'm saying at the end of the day. Yeah. I was listening to a podcast about that too, um, but it was like a, it was like production podcast. So mm-hmm. they were talking to like, some of the people who do sound live sound for mm-hmm. like say Coachella or mm-hmm. whatever and they're like yeah. yeah we invite our we invite our spouses out right to stay one or two nights when we're doing these festival when during the festival runs mm-hmm. so that they can see that we're not just drinking and smoking weed right. and like hanging out with musicians right. we're like working right you know this is shit is hard work we're in the middle of the fucking desert right and we're running you know thousands of watts of energy right and we're putting on a show and i'm doing eight bands a night you know eight bands a day in the middle of the desert for four nights in a row i want you to come out here and see like we're not just dicking around while you're like taking care of the house like right and that that whole debauchery thing or that whole you know just having fun um i have a secret agenda where you know how um they like on the podcast, Sound Opinions, they like to bring up Brian Eno a lot, and they, they ding the bell because it yeah, just happens yeah. often. Yeah. I kind of feel like I'm getting to the point where I bring up Motley Crue all the time on this podcast, and right. I think it's our new Brian Eno. <laughs> but, you know, there's yeah. that idea of they yeah. go on on tour, and they're debaucherous, and they're drinking, and there's access, and they're having fun, and there's that there's that archetype idea, you know, of a band just going out and being obviously not working, people think. And so- it's like... Two couple things there. They were doing that when they weren't on tour. You know, mm. when they were just in Los right. Angeles, right. they're like having orgies right. and drinking sure. and killing each other and sure. car crashes. Sure. You know, um, so naturally that's just going to happen when they go to Iowa. Right. You know, whatever. But um, and then secondly, yeah, I, I think you know, um, they would probably even tell you it was work. Yeah. Okay. You know. I mean, that's eye opening. Yeah, I think they were, you know, especially now. But mm-hmm. even then, they probably still recognized that their crew was like right. working for them. And right. That they had to go out no matter how hungover they were and how shitty the smack was that in that city, that they got to go and put on a show, you know? Because I thought about that a lot. I had plenty of like not great conversations back with back home. Mm hmm. Uh, an hour or a half hour before I was supposed to go on stage and, and that, play. That'll you know? fuck with your head. Or, you know, I've got a sty that I'm like having to like put antibiotic on, you know, or, or you know, I got to switch out the two pairs of underwear I had with me. You know what I mean? Like things like that. 
there was plenty of things that like, you know, the only reason I'm here right. is for the next 45 minutes. And so I better put the show on right, right now. That it's reminds like, me of... It feels like show business almost. Exactly. Yeah. You know, uh, we were talking to Anna from Honey Monsoon and talking about getting into the right headspace for writing and the right headspace for getting on stage. And then just for the the musicians and the artist's brain to realize, oh, I have to like write nine emails right now and call someone or yeah. worry about this amp or all these variables or the merch table. It's, no, like with the high strung, it never, first of all, times were different back then, you know, like only one of us probably had a cell phone for half the time we were on tour, you know? Yeah. At some point we all got one. But it wasn't like a thing. Yeah. Okay. So like in the Steph tour, mm -hmm. we would all be in our own social media bubble or right. our own media bubble. Right. For pretty much the whole show. Right. Pretty much the whole drive. Mm -hmm. The one driver would have like, like when I drove, if I was listening to a podcast, I would put the fader to the front and the balance to the side. Uh, and so that only my speaker was quadrant. hearing. Yeah. I was only hearing Mark Marin's interview mm -hmm. where, you know, Clara would be sitting next to me listening to whatever murder mm -hmm. podcast she was listening to mm -hmm. in her own headphones. Mm -hmm. And then everybody in the back would be asleep listening to whatever the fuck they were li like. Steph was really into Queer Eye, you know, mm -hmm. she was watching Queer Eye and Clancy is listening to like some, you know, like ambient, you know, techno mix and he's falling asleep, mm -hmm. you know? So we were all in our own bubbles for a lot of the times, which, you know, in the high strong, that would just, it just didn't exist. Right. If we were listening to a record, we all were listening to it. But that's like pretty yeah. cool for the four of you because it gives you uh, each a meditative experience. I think it helps. Yeah. For the show Honestly, later. Yeah. Helps. helps with the headspace thing. Sure. Yeah. I thought at first I was like, well, we're not like, you know, there was no room for an acoustic guitar in this van. You right. Know? So we weren't like working on harmonies. Like right. The high strung, we worked on harmonies for an hour every day if we were driving for six right. hours, because why the fuck not? Right. You know, we have a guitar here. We have the time. Let's do this. You know, it'll make us better in the end. Um, there just wasn't room for that, you know, Yeah. in this. And, you know, we were just clued into our own thing. Yeah. Everybody. So for the kids listening at home, touring is work. Yeah. But you can do it. You can do it. You know, you yeah. should do it. I yeah. think if you're in a band, you need to go on the road. I think it makes you a better band. Right on. You know, mm -hmm. I just think, and I would say that with the high, you know, the high strung became like a really tight band mm -hmm. because we played every night, mm -hmm. you know, probably made us alcoholics too. Well, Whatever. You're all still here. <laughs> We're all working on it. Limbs are intact. Everybody's all right. We're all, you know. Head's still on straight. Together. Yeah. You know. <clears throat> and, uh, yeah. New, al new album was out within this calendar year. High Strung. You should all go check it out. Quiet Riots. Chad. We're back. going on, yeah. Back. You're, well, I mean, the high, uh, high Strung. We're working on another thing. Oh, currently. really? Yeah. Going I mean, back in like, the studio. 
Well, we've we've been recording for a year. Yeah, you know, in oh. the current you know studio that we do this podcast in. Fantastic. Um, and it's weird because like Josh plays bass on most of the tracks. I play drums on a bunch of the tracks. You know, so it's all just kind of like hodgepodge and oh, fun. Yeah. Um, and then Steph, you know, I'll be on tour with Steph here and there, in and out for the next few months. Mm-hmm. Uh, we play uh, eight shows with Ezra Furman, which will be really exciting. That's going to be great. Hopefully this interview comes out before that, but i got to say, may not have it. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. Every, everyone we play right. with Joyce Manor, yeah. and then we're going to Europe uh, wow. in the middle of October for three weeks. And wow. so by November 7th, the whole... The, this basic like tour run will be done for I hear, the time being. I hear Europe really takes care of their artists. So we'll see. We'll see. Know. Yeah. Cross the pond, Chad Stalker. Uh, this has been Ideas Adrift, where we haven't been talking about ideas, but we've been talking about experiences. And uh, it's been a pleasure, Chad. Thanks. Yeah. See you next time. Yeah.